Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and the effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Professor Louis Grossman will join us to discuss Choose Your Medicine. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. show. Well, the interest and opinions over the choice of medicine and government's role in it has become ever more apparent. And joining us today to discuss this issue is Professor Louis Grossman. Professor Grossman is professor of law and affiliate professor of history at American University, where he has taught since 1997. He has also been a law and public affairs fellow at Princeton University and a visiting professor at Cornell Law School. Professor Grossman teaches and writes in the areas of food and drug law, health law, American legal history, and civil procedure. He has penned the new book, Choose Your Medicine, Freedom of Therapeutic Choice in America. Professor Grossman, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, certainly a book that's touching on a very important issue of late. Your book goes through quite a bit of the history of the idea of freedom of therapeutic choice in America. Looking at uh, our current position in history, do you think our interest in this issue has grown of late? So many people think that America is going off the rails right now with respect to its attitudes towards medicine and science. But one of the basic themes of my book is we're actually returning to our ordinary state of mind. Because of the respect that experts and science and doctors got in the middle of the 20th century, a lot of people think that what we're going through now is extraordinary. But in fact, my book shows that the skepticism about orthodox medicine, as well as resistance to establishment medicine, really defined this area in America through most of its history. More so than found in other countries? Is it sort of uniquely baked into the American DNA? So I haven't done comparative research, but I'm quite confident in asserting that America's devotion to freedom of therapeutic choice is heightened compared to the rest of the world. I think it is baked into America's DNA, into America's skepticism about authority, about its devotion to economic and religious freedom, and just in general, its embrace of individualism as opposed to community interests in so many respects. So where do you trace origins of American health libertarianism? Well, a lot of people think of this issue now in terms of resisting compulsory medicine. But in fact, for many years before there really was much compulsory medicine in America, which really arose for the most part in the late 19th century with the emergence of smallpox vaccine mandates. There was a long, long tradition in America of people fighting for access to those treatments that they wanted and resisting government interference with those choices. 
And you can go all the way back to the 1770s and find really impassioned debates about, for example, should there be a medical licensing regime which prevents unorthodox practitioners from offering their services. And those debates were held on terms of liberty and anti-monopoly and a whole bunch of very, very traditional American themes. And I will add, religion is always overlapping with medical freedom throughout American history, as you see it happening right now. And the tension between freedom to choose and the government's interest in public health has continued to be ongoing throughout history. How do these tensions wax and wane throughout history? And were there particular turning points in the development of where we are today? Well, I'd say that one important turning point was the 1930s when Orthodox medicine really found its scientific footing and started producing an extraordinary series of effective therapies, miracle drugs, from antibiotics to a lot of other therapies. This, along with America's success in World War II, which was to a large degree scientific success as well as military success, led to a period where Americans in the 1950s and 1960s really embraced orthodox medicine and did not really demand freedom of choice as against orthodox medicine. Polls as late as 1966 showed that Americans trusted the medical establishment to do what was right about 75% of the time and trusted the federal government to do what was right about 75% of the time. The next important moment in history for me is the 1970s, where you saw a disintegration of this trust. And it was due to many different factors, Watergate, inflation, stagflation, the oil crisis, but the skepticism that arose on both the right and the left of America during the 1970s led to a resistance to the entire establishment, including the medical establishment, and demands for freedom of therapeutic choice against that establishment. And a really important, largely forgotten moment is 1976, when Gerald Ford's administration tried to roll out a swine flu vaccine. He was photographed getting vaccinated in the Oval Office decades before Joe Biden was, and it was a catastrophe. The swine flu that they were trying to fight never really arrived. Predictably, some people died of side effects from the vaccine. This, in combination with so many other factors, led America's trust in medicine and science to plummet, and it's never recovered since. Sounds like that initial turning point when medicines were starting to really prove their worth, their effectiveness, was largely up until that point, there was no real distinction between orthodox medicine and folk medicine. But it was only when that medicine actually showed that it was better that people could embrace the idea of having a government behind it. Right. And I think it's important to point out that there were always very firm distinctions amongst their supporters and communities between orthodox medicine and alternative medicine in the 19th century and early 20th century. There just wasn't necessarily any striking distinction in their effectiveness for their proponents. What's very, very important to recognize about modern medicine is despite its miraculous achievements, it still is not perfect. People still get sick, they still suffer, they still die. And until medicine becomes perfect, 
Americans will look or many Americans will look at the medical establishment and decide that it is not trustworthy or perfect enough for them. Americans are very bad at risk assessment. And if they hear that a vaccine is 75% effective, they will, many of them, decline to take the vaccine if there is a small chance of a side effect. So I think that American freedom of therapeutic choice has focused in the modern age on areas in which either the effectiveness of medicine is not completely certain or in which areas in which medicine really needs to accomplish a lot more, whether you're talking about things like Alzheimer's disease or cancer or other areas where medical science has not yet created truly effective remedies in many cases. Do you think that gray area is one where there can be some movement in terms of freedom to choose? Well, I would say that that movement has already occurred. The signal moment there, you were asking me about important moments. Another very important moment is the late 1980s and early 1990s with the rise of AIDS activism. And the AIDS activists were looking at an FDA that had a very much thumbs up or thumbs down attitude towards drugs. Drugs should not be available until they've been absolutely established to be safe and effective by adequate and well-controlled clinical trials, and then they should be available. And AIDS activists really introduced to modern America the notion that when somebody really has no other choices, FDA's role should not be so binary, and that people should be able to get access to medicines prior to approval, and that FDA should approve medicines faster than it had been approving them for terminal conditions and other really serious conditions. And the AIDS activists had a tremendous effect on both FDA regulation and FDA policy. So that movement, again, has really already occurred, although it certainly hasn't occurred enough in the eyes of many Americans. In the world of orthodox medicine, we have seen fairly significant shifts over the last few decades, where FDA often acts in a rather gray area in terms of approving drugs on less evidence than they would have once required, as well as making drugs accessible before approval. Another thing I want to point out is that, and, and just to make clear what my thesis is here, my thesis is that whatever the law says and whatever courts say, Americans' broad devotion to freedom of therapeutic choice is having and has had tremendous influence on law and regulation and enforcement. So, for example, take alternative medicine. A lot of people who are proponents of alternative medicine complain about FDA as being a despotic intruder into their choices. But one thing that's remarkable, if you think about it, is there's no special regulation of alternative medicine by the Food and Drug Administration, with the arguable exception of dietary supplements. Therefore, all of these therapies that are out there, whether they are drugs or devices that have not been demonstrated to be safe and effective pursuant to clinical trials, are formally illegal. And yet, are they hard to buy? Are they hard to find? Absolutely not. That's because what the American legal and medical establishments have basically done is decided to exercise massive enforcement discretion 
with respect to alternative medicines, except in very, very dangerous situations where the alternative medicines are being promoted, for example, as cancer remedies to be used in, instead of orthodox cancer remedies. And so I think that the system as a whole is very accommodating of therapeutic choice. How do you think this plays out then with situations like we have now, where we have pandemic and there's what some see as government intrusion in terms of trying to or mandate something for the benefit of the public health? Yeah, so obviously this devotion to freedom of therapeutic choice, turning now to resistance to compulsion rather than demands for desired access, is from a public health perspective, very much slowing down the defeat of COVID-19. And Americans who resist vaccination are echoing many of the exact themes that have reverberated down through American history in medical freedom rhetoric. They talk about a conspiracy between the government and commercial interests to enrich themselves on American bodies. They talk about violations of the religious freedoms of people who don't want to get vaccinated. They talk about freedom of inquiry and about how, you know, people should be able to try other things rather than vaccination. And of course, in the modern era, one of the major themes has always been bodily autonomy. And originally, this was a notion that rose largely out of the pro-choice movement of the 1970s, which led to Roe v. Wade. But it's a very striking thing to look at some of the demonstrations over the course of the pandemic and see anti-vaccination activists holding my body, my choice signs. So the politics are really, really confusing over this issue because there's not always a very clear right-left line on issues of therapeutic choice. Looking at the history, then, of therapeutic choice, how do you see it playing out, then, in the future? Where do you think uh, we are, and how do you envision the interplay between people's desire for therapeutic choice and the government's role in regulating those choices? Well, I think we have to draw a bit of a distinction here between orthodox medicine and alternative medicine. And I think that alternative remedies which are largely now really complementary remedies rather than truly alternative remedies because they tend to be used in addition to orthodox modalities rather than instead of them. I don't see any reason to think that America is going to lose access to alternative medicine anytime soon. When it comes to orthodox medicine, there is a fundamental tension that lies at the heart of opening up access to unapproved drugs. And here is what the tension is. The way that you tell that a drug is effective and safe is by doing an adequate and well-controlled trial on the drug, which ideally includes a placebo arm. So if you are truly testing drugs before approval to see if they're effective, you're going to be administering them in a way where half the people are getting a sugar pill and half the people are getting the drug. That is very much the opposite of freedom of therapeutic choice. You don't even know what you're getting when you're involved in a clinical trial. If you truly opened up access to drugs prior to approval, then the manufacturers of those drugs would have no incentive to perform the clinical trials 
that they today perform in order to get FDA approval. Therefore, we'd be in a situation where there was freedom of therapeutic choice, but nobody would know what worked. And that is a real problem for really opening up the doors of therapeutic choice within the world of orthodox medicine. Now, one development that may affect that going forward is there's more and more attention to flexible clinical trial design and the use of real-world evidence as a basis for approval of at least new indications and maybe someday approval of new drugs. And so maybe will society will find its way slowly, slowly to a place where it can have its cake and eat it too, where people will, in desperate situations, be able to access drugs that have not been proven to be safe and effective, but where we still have a system that is designed ultimately to show which drugs are safe and effective. We are running slightly out of time. Just any final words regarding your book, Choose Your Medicine? So Choose Your Medicine is available now. It was a real joy to write this book. I started writing it years before the pandemic arose, and it's pure serendipity that it was published in the middle of the pandemic and therefore uh, evokes so many of the issues we're struggling with today. We were just talking with Professor Louis Grossman, his new book, Choose Your Medicine, Freedom of Therapeutic Choice in America. Professor Grossman, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. It was an honor. Thank you. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking. <laughs>